Welcome to another edition of Pastor Talk, the only podcast where pastors talk. I'm Pastor Tim here with Pastor Joe. Welcome, Joe. It's good to see you today. How are you? I'm doing so good. So good to be here talking on the only podcast in which pastors talk. That's not, we didn't fact check that, but it's fun to say. And so, uh, yeah, do your own research. Okay. Don't believe anything we say. If we say something, look it up in the Bible yourself, do your research. But this is at least an podcast where pastors talk. That's for sure. An podcast. An podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm going to check fact check with Chad GPT right now. All right. Speaking of chat, chat GPT. You know yeah. what? I'm actually doubting that it is. Um, oh, speaking of which, I like that. That's our topic today. Dealing with doubt. doubt. There are some things you should doubt, as we have already demonstrated. Whether the Suns will win the championship. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is yet to be seen. But today we're talking about uh, doubting God, doubting the Bible, doubting in in all um in all senses of the word. I mean, uh, it actually has a lot of connotations. And I think that oftentimes when we talk about it, we talk about it just as belief in God at all, right? If someone says that they're having doubts, generally what what we think of is doubts about Christianity as a whole, about their belief about Jesus, their belief about God, their belief about whether or not God created the universe. But... Um, that's that's kind of really just a shallow uh, view of it because when we look at uh, doubt uh, in our own lives and also in the lives of people in the Bible, that's not usually what they're doubting. It's not usually God's existence. Uh, they're not usually doubting. What, what are you playing? <laughs> sorry, that was Nathan Bentley uh, from YouTube uh, chiming in here. Okay, go ahead, sorry. No, this is two pastors talk, not two pastors and a pastor on a video talk. Right, no, that would be way too extreme. I, I don't even know what I was saying. It's your turn. Well, I was trying to look up on YouTube because Pastor Nathan just had a message recently uh, about Habakkuk's, Habakkuk's question was the, was the episode, not the episode, the sermon, if you want to reference that, but he talked a lot about doubt in that sermon and how having doubt is not a sign that you're a bad person. It's also not a sign that, you know, uh, God's going to reject you. But, you know, the way he mentioned it was that actually having doubt is a sign that you care, that you actually are seeking God, that you want to know answers, that you might be a little frustrated, but doubt can propel you to a place of faith. And so we've, we shouldn't feel... You know, we shouldn't condemn ourselves when we doubt because doubts will come about all kinds of different things. But really the question that we want to address today is what happens when you doubt? Because we can't just try to maintain this level of perfection in Christianity where I'm going to live a life where I will never have any doubt. You're setting yourself up to fail. You have to be in a position where, okay, doubts will come. Satan will try to tempt me and will try to place thoughts in my brain that are not from God. And so what do I do with those doubts? Do doubts propel me down a path where I completely reject God and reject Christianity? And obviously that's not what we want. We want doubts to propel us down a place where we then can trust God. Yeah, and doubting in the Bible, if doubting excluded you from anything, then uh, the disciples should be kicked out. Right. I, I mean, even after Jesus resurrected, we have multiple examples of them doubting. Uh, first and foremost, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, uh, Doubting Thomas. 
You know, he got his nickname from the one moment when yeah. uh, Jesus appeared uh, in the room with them. And the thing about this passage is all, the, all these disciples are thinking the same thing Thomas is, right? Mm-hmm. They're all thinking, this is a ghost, right? They're, they're, all, they're all scared and they literally think that it's a ghost. And Thomas is the one that speaks up and says, right, I want to I wanna, I wanna feel it. I want to see it. I want to touch it and, and prove to myself that this is true. And Jesus doesn't like rebuke him. In fact, he allows him to do that. But then he says, blessed are those who don't see. Right. So, you, you're, you're blessed um, if you believe and don't have doubt. And we see that multiple times throughout scripture in many different passages about belief and faith and uh, being apart from doubt. But also we see these passages where people express their doubt to the Lord. And instead of being reprimanded, they are encouraged. Right. And absolutely, when Jesus came to Thomas, it wasn't from a place of, well, I'm God, you, I'm not even going to show you my hands, you just need to believe. No, he came down to his level and showed him. He said, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it in my side. And this was an example for us where he says, because you have seen me, you have believed, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And so that's us today where we have not had that opportunity to, you know, have what Thomas had, but we still have his example of doubt and how Jesus said, even more blessed are those who don't have to go through the process of seeing me and, and, and feeling the, the, the hole in my, my side and hands. But um, it's, it's still something where he wasn't condemned in that. Jesus came down and said, no, s- stop doubting. Like he didn't say, just doubt all you want for the rest of your life, you know, stop it. However, you know, Jesus, the love he has for us comes down to our level where we're at and picks us up and says, no, this is the path, you know, and follow me and trust in me. There's the, uh, the passage in Mark chapter nine, where the, the, a father of a boy comes, um, to Jesus for, for healing, for his son, for help. And he, he phrases the healing with the, with saying, if you can, Right? right? So, in his request, he is doubting that Jesus can do it, although he does have some belief, whether that's out of desperation or true belief. And Jesus says, if you can, everything is possible for one who believes. And Im- immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Right. Now, Jesus healed the boy. So, it's not this thing that uh, stopped the relationship. It's not this thing that stopped Jesus for, from doing this thing in this man's life. He uh, proclaimed that he had doubts, right? And he said, help me with my unbelief. Um, and then uh, another one that we don't even have as much info on is uh, in Matthew 28. Um, so, again, Jesus is already resurrected. He's back with the disciples. And it says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So, these are not just even, you know, the hundred, the, the, some of the people that uh, followed him. These are the 11 disciples, 12 minus Judas. And it says, when they saw him, they worshiped him, mm-hmm. but some doubted. Right. Uh, even when they saw him. <laughs> even when they see him. What and even like what is it exactly that they're doubting? Um, it doesn't even say. And these are men that from this moment on will go on to, um, as far as we know, all of them except for John, uh, die. Right. 
uh, early deaths, uh, most of them horrific, torturous deaths. And so they, through this time of doubt, it doesn't, again, it doesn't say Jesus rebuked them, right? He knew these, these guys needed to be strengthened and encouraged and that, uh, faith is, is a journey in which we are also not perfect. I, it's, it's crazy to think that you're, you're going to be perfect and strong every single, uh, moment of your life. I mean, uh, here on this earth, I know that, for example, uh, your earthly father, you may know in your head that he loves you, but when you're a kid and you get punished, uh, you know, and you get spanked or sent to your room or grounded or whatever the punishment is, lots of times it does not feel like your father loves you in that moment. Now, he may be doing it out of love or anger or, or whatever it is because he's an earthly father, not a perfect father, but Regardless, the discipline is a part of loving a, a child. And so, when when we have those moments as a child that we may not know, right? We may have moments where we believe that our father doesn't love us. And as we grow up and we have greater perspective and on the situations and we have children of our own and a greater relationship with our father, then we could be like, no, I can see my dad loved me the whole time. And he did all of that because he loved me. And I think that's very often the case with, with God, where we come into moments where it doesn't go how we want. And uh, it's not always that we're being disciplined, although sometimes we do, uh, but that God allows us to go through situations to learn and grow in our relationship with him. And eventually, uh, I think that as believers, when you look back on your life and you see the different moments that were very difficult, these are very often the moments when you can see God was working the most intimately in your life to, to grow you in your, in your faith. And so, doubting in those moments is not wrong. It means you're imperfect, right. but it's a normal part of growing. Because if you think you're already perfect and that you have no more room to grow, then uh, you're 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 going to have some hardships. I think if you've accepted Christ, I think of John 6 when Jesus filtered out the people that had come for food. There was 5,000 fed. And then he'd start seeing some pretty crazy things. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have you will not have eternal life and so this filtered out a ton of people that left including some of the closest to him until it finally came to peter and jesus says do you want to leave too and peter says where else would i go you ha- you alone have the words of eternal life and i think in that moment peter I-, I i think he's probably doubting too like this is a hard message who can understand it but at the end of the day i know that you're the messiah and I'm going to trust you, even though I have no idea what it means to eat your flesh, but I'll know later. And so many times we have to just rest on the fact that God is God and we are not. And so even if we don't understand, and even if we doubt along the way, we still have to trust that his plans are for our good, that he is in control, that he is sovereign. And that brings us to a point that, okay, I may not know anything right now that's going on, but I know you're Lord and I know I'm not, and we can rest on that. And I think when we talk about doubt, there's three important things that we can go to for answers. The th- uh, first one is prayer, scripture, and then community. And for prayer, I mean, this is such an important one because our prayers don't have to be this these sterile things that are, are perfect before God that have no hint of doubt in them. No, you can bring your doubts to God. 
he is big enough to handle that. His shoulders are big enough to carry whatever your burdens are. And so be honest with God. Say, God, I'm really struggling with understanding this right now in my life. Can you light the way? Can you show me? And, and, and he may not show you right away, but at least it gets it off your chest by saying, okay, I'm gonna, gonna let God, who's my heavenly father, know what I'm feeling. I'm gonna even wrestle with God a little bit, even express frustrations with God so that he can bring me under his wing and he can help me to understand maybe the parts that I don't understand. So prayer, what do you, what do you think, Joe, as far as helping our doubts through prayer? I, I think that prayer is all about relationship. Right. And we're a very forgetful people. So oftentimes when we pray, even our answered prayers, um, lots of times we forget that we even prayed for those things. And uh, our timing is very different than God's timing. So I think that your relationship through prayer and in that having some way to remember what you pray for, be- again, it's so easy to just completely forget. Yeah. Um, I mean, if if I want to look back on the things that I was praying for six years ago, you know, regarding my children, you know, my child that's two and the diff- difficulties that I'm having with my child and my marriage and my life, those kind of things that I was praying for at that moment are so different to now when my child is eight years old, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And um, and so, to have that uh, that relationship just continue. And you, you touched on this a little bit, but... Um, Doubt can be in in so many things in the Bible. It's not just Jesus. It's not just salvation. It's not just, you know, prayer. But prayer is a really good example. It's all the promises that that Jesus uh, says to us. It's all the things that God um, says about us. Um, I think that's so awesome. The, the freedom in Christ, uh, ministry and the, the bookmarks that they have and going through those, those things, um, regularly because, um, sometimes, you know, staying away from the word is what will really get you in trouble. But when you don't remind yourself regularly, like you might be in a, in, in a study of, kings and uh when you're when you're studying the old testament those kind of things sometimes you can often get lost in in remembering what god says about you so going through uh those bookmarks and those different things and actually like saying do i believe this do i believe that god says this about me do i believe that god feels this way about me does i do i feel that god loves me in this way because oftentimes we do have doubts about those things right um you know we'll 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 say yeah i believe in god yeah i believe in this but do i think uh, in the way that god thinks about me are my are my thoughts a lie are my thoughts doubtful yeah And I think the second part of the Bible being the infallible inspired word of God, like that has to be the place we go to as well with prayer, because that is where we hear from God. God has spoken. He's spoken in the Bible. He still speaks today, but the Bible is our, our, is our sort of truth. It's where we need to go. And and I see today online, so many people pick apart the Bible and causes you to doubt the Bible. But if you listen to some of these people and the way they talk and they, they pick a particular book out or they look at history and they say, oh, well, this person never existed. I mean, that's nothing new, but I think it's more in your face now when you see some of these videos online of people that just get you to question the Bible. And so for the Christian, 
if you hear those things or if you start to doubt anything, really, go back to the Bible and say, I believe in the Bible. I believe this is the word of God and then read it. And the good thing about the Bible is it is filled with men and women who doubt it. We just talked about Thomas, but there is no shortage of flaw. I mean, it's there's only one perfect person in the Bible and that's Jesus, right? Every other person has flaws. And so you get to see them. And that's, I mean, it's, it's so great. We have a, a book like that. That's just not filled with perfect people, right? Because as, as flawed people today, we can look at that and we can say, oh, I identify with Peter. I identify with Thomas, I identify with David, you know, and, and all the struggles they face. And as we're going through the doubts ourselves, and we see still these mighty men and women of God in the Bible, how through even their doubts, they were able to come out of that and God sustained them and some others fell, uh, but were able to see their journeys and learn from that. And so that's, I think, one of the main reasons why we need to continue to read, to read the Bible as we go through those doubts. And the... One really cool thing about the Bible is that you never have to be afraid to to look into something. Like there's always going to be people that are going to say, this is wrong, this is wrong. You don't have to shut your eyes and ears and just blindly believe something. Right. Like look into it. The Bible is true. And so the more you study it, the more you look into it, the more history becomes uncovered uh, through archaeological study and all these different things, the more they find that the Bible is true. Yep. For so long, they uh, they said, though, this couldn't happen or that couldn't happen, and then something gets uncovered. You know, they said this couldn't happen because the Egyptian dynasties um it didn't work like that. There's no way that they could have overlapped in this way. Then they find out the dynasties are overlapping and, mm -hmm. oh, actually it could work that way. And so I find that every time people feel like they have a gotcha with the Bible, and this is not a new book. This wasn't written five years ago and people haven't had time to check into things and look into it. Yeah. This is thousands of years old. And even older than that for the Old Testament is very old. Yeah. Um, and so, you don't have to be worried. Like, it, there's a reason why millions and millions of people uh, throughout history have put their faith in this word, because it holds true. It absolutely does. And um, and so, I think that's, that's one important thing, to not have this viewpoint that Christians have to have this blind face of never questioning anything. That's called, that's a cult. Right. Like when you're in a situation where you're not allowed to question, and if you do question that you're going to find things out, like that's not the Bible. Right. Absolutely. And the third part of helping with doubt is community. And community is so important for the Christian. You know, we're not an island to ourselves, you know. Um, people that say, well, it's just me and God and we're pretty cool. And, uh, sure. I mean, in one aspect, God's all we need, but he's placed community for a reason. And there is such a, an important part of being among brothers and sisters who can help you, who can lift you up, who have doubts themselves. So you might be doubting one week, someone lifts you up and then that person might be doubting the next week and you give them an encouragement word, you know, a word of encouragement. That's what doing life with people and why it's so important. And so, uh, I've, I've found that in my life and I've been in the position too, in the past where I didn't think I needed it. And it's one thing to know people or see people at church and say, hi, how are you doing? Everyone says I'm good. I'm blessed. Right. It's another thing to get in the nitty gritty of the daily life and be in community doing life with people where they get to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when the ugly comes out, you have people that can pray with you, who can show up at your door and can give you food and encouragement, right? 
Um, we do meal trains all the time here for people who are going through life, either a joyous occasion, someone just had a baby or, you know, a, de a death in the family and people that show up and offer prayers and encouragement like that is such an important part of the church, not just coming on Sunday, which is so important too. And that's another topic, but uh, community for when you doubt is something where if, if I see who you hang out with, for example, you know, show me five of your closest friends, I can kind of predict how you're your faith journey is going to go. If those other four friends right. are doubters, if they're ones who are worldly, if they're sinful, if they don't go to church, I can pretty much guess that that's going to be the path you go down because we s tend to look like the people we hang out with. And so uh, get around people, you know, it, it, maybe find people that are further along than you, find people that you can mentor, find people that uh, are in all walks of life. And that doesn't mean we don't talk or be even be friends with people who are not Christian. I'm just saying the the close knit people that do life with you, those are the people that are going to be in the trenches with you when you do doubt. Right. I mean, it's just like in a family, you know, if your family structure is rough, if you don't have a supportive family, then when something happens and you don't have anyone to fall back on, um, whether it's financial, emotional, or different things, then that's you're going to struggle. And God has given you a faith family, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's the body of Christ. It's it's a family. We are brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers. And um and and so God has given it to us. It's like it's like a gym buddy, right? If you if you want to go to the gym and you believe that it's a good thing and you might be able to muster up the 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 ability to go sometimes but most people when they when they get tired or uh, or down or something happens in their life their schedule changes right the eating right and the going to the gym if you had someone else that's there with you um and even more than that multiple people that if there's a culture around it then you are uh, tens of times more likely to continue with that. And and that's what uh, this is. This isn't just a hobby. It's not just an activity. It's not just an aspect of life. Like uh, our, our faith is our entire life. And I think the deeper you go, the more it becomes your yeah. entire life. Right. And so having the right people around you is, is one of the most important things you can have. That's the way that God made us and, and, yeah. And no one's, no one's exempt from this. Like even as pastors, we are here for each other. There's some days where we don't have the motivation or we don't want to do something or we had a bad weekend. And so we lift each other up and, you know, just because we have the title pastor doesn't mean we don't struggle with this kind of stuff too. And so we would just encourage you listening. If you, if you struggle with this, maybe you're currently struggling with it, reach out, you can reach out to us, reach out to, if you have a community, don't try to hide it under the rug. I mean, there's so much pretense we tend to put up with these walls we don't let anyone in but let someone in. it doesn't have to be you know let the whole world know you're struggling but let a couple people know and how they can pray for you and how they can support you during this time the i did want to actually uh, cover one more topic that i i just thought about and i think it's a fairly important one is uh, through counseling people and walking with people through things. And when you really intimately get to know people then you get to see their their journey their motivations their struggles and one thing I find is that when people start having a lot of doubt, um, even doubting their faith as a whole, what I have found is it generally tracks back to a sin 
that crept into their life and that they have they have um they have not repented of and there's something about allowing that sin into your life that just kind of starts clouding your mind and giving you doubt and so um anyway that's just something i found so that if you or someone is struggling uh with doubt like see if you're letting a sin into your life and saying yes to it not just sinning everybody sins all all, all every day but uh intentionally allowing a sin into your life um i, th- I just thought that was an important thing to say yeah absolutely well, that's going to do it for today's episode of Pastor Talk. We want to thank our two sponsors, Behringer Tools, which has been us, with us from almost the very beginning, mm-hmm. and our newer sponsor, Lady Boss Shoes. And I want to talk about them for a minute because my wife just got their first pair, Italian leather, gold shoes, which you can get yourself. And I know, Joe, your wife has been talking about getting herself a pair. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can go to the links uh, below in the comments and get and at least look at it. Yeah, I would say look just at. looking at it gives me confidence, Right, makes me feel powerful and confident. And that's Lady Boss's motto. And so until next time, we'll see you again on Pastor Talks.